And we're back. <laughs> Sessionable. Schmitty. Schmitty. Schmitty or Smitty? Schmitty or Smitty. Um, is the topic for the day. Welcome <laughs> to Sessionable. I am Adrian and I'm joined today by Tom. Hey. Liam. Hey. I've got Brad. Good evening. Who's just got back from holidays in the UK. So we've also invited um, Willie. Hello. The, uh, you, if you're a long-time listener of the show, you may remember... A couple of appearances by Willie, most notably in the British Beer episode. Six years ago. Was that six years ago? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huge. Things have changed a bit since then. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we can talk about that a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about your trip a bit later. Yeah. But uh, first up, just a quick uh, bit of news. Uh, you do pronounce it Schmitty, Brad. Okay. Definitely Schmitty, um, not Smitty. We're Smitty. having a it's very intense conversation before. Well, I think, yeah. I think Brad got hard done by. Right? Yeah. yeah. The, the bartender told you Smitty? I, well, I believe that's they, pure lies. The, the bartender laughed at me when I said Schmitty, and then when they were repeating it back later, said Smitty. So I just immediately thought, I oh, think stupid Pom got it wrong. You should walk right in there, laugh in his face, and say, <laughs> no, fuck you, it's Schmitty. Like, yeah. Well, now I know. I'm going to say it even louder and prouder next time. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that that's out of the way, a um, <laughs> little bit of news. Um, you might have heard already that uh, Sydney Beer Week has been cancelled for this year. Um, I will just link to the press release for that, I guess. And I believe there are plans to do a Beer Week of some sort, but we, there's no solid info yet about that. Yeah, there'll be there'll be an announcement about that sometime in the in the short term future. But yeah, there, there are definitely plans to continue on that legacy, um, but transform it and try and do something different with it yeah i think that there definitely should be like some sort of beer week for sydney um clearly the the current one wasn't working out so it's not happening in the october november time slot but um yeah we'll see what happens with that how do we feel about it i mean i must admit i was a bit disappointed i mean purely from a almost like a tradition point of view right it's been going on for a number of years now it's a good time to get together with people that you don't necessarily see other times of the year um you kind of end up slipping back into the same types of events over the over the years i like this i've always liked the stir the beer of origin stuff and, and go into the venues that specialize in the different states beers hmm. i think the big thing for me was the amount of promotion that we managed to do to attract non-craft beer drinkers yeah. to drink craft beer yeah. and, and i think you know i'd, I'd love to see moving forward of it, that tradition continues yeah yeah definitely yeah i think it's disappointing for everyone everyone wants to have it it's just a celebration of beer but you know i think in this day and age the models that these weeks uh, work on need to change and i think it's probably going to be i think i think like you guys said from the ashes a new phoenix will arise and hopefully yep. it's going to be something that's more better you know if you look across Different states, I think, you know, Good Beer Week merging with the IBA is a sign that it's not just a Sydney thing, that there's that whole, it's a struggle for everyone across yeah. the country. So it's, uh, I think we we got to find new ways to make it work. So hopefully out of that, we'll get to see that happen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it's disappointing. Obviously, we all love Sydney Beer Week. Um, but, you know, again, I, I, I wouldn't be too upset because there'll be something yeah, I think it's disappointing because everyone puts a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah, the venues do, and everyone does, and it's a big emotional investment. But it's everyone has a great time as well. So I think if we can find something else to help replace that celebration of beer, then 
it's desperately needed, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. We've had a live episode there for the last six years as well. So yeah, the last five yeah. years, so, yeah. I think Sessionables, you know, always had a had a great time during Beer Week. And if you think about the amount of guests we've been able to have yeah. on the episode purely because of Beer Week, yeah, I absolutely. think, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think everyone just needs to get behind something new and everyone needs to support it. Absolutely. Yeah. Simple stuff. Yeah, you don't realise how much you want it until you don't have it anymore sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well... Now that we've uh, had a bit of a chat about that, Brad, what are we drinking? All right. Um, I brought a little bit of a, a haul back with me this time. Not always had room in my case, but I made sure I uh, only packed half a case when I went over there this time so that there would be some room to bring some, Appreciate some goodies your, back. Your lack of clothing for our beer. <laughs> I, was, I was actually pretty, pretty fortunate yeah. and able to get some hot, fresh stuff out there while, uh, while I was there as well. And this one is pretty um, representative of what's going on in the scene out there at the moment. It's all extremely hoppy it's all very hazy it's all big abv um and there's a lot of collabs happening as well um on the scene out there at the moment this is mm. um this is the wylam yeasty boys collaboration wxy version four they've actually done three of these previously Jesus. yeah um wylam are a brewery who i believe are at the very top of the brewing game in the uk at the moment um out of all of these breweries who are producing these these styles of beers they were my favourites while uh, while I was out there. Um, just knocked my socks off. And it's, Have you had any of their beers in previous trips? Um, I had had the, the previous time I went there. I think I had one of their beers yeah. uh, on, on tap at that point. Um, but that just made me want to seek them out even more so this time. But they, they're becoming a bit more recognised. While I'm an, uh, an interesting one, they started out years and years ago. They're, f- they're from the northeast of England near, near Newcastle. Um, and they started out years and years ago as a, um, a real ale brewery. Um, so they were producing your standard type bitters and uh, golden ales and um, cast condition stuff. Um, and whilst most of the breweries that were in that vein have continued in that vein and are sort of seeing their popularity slump significantly, Wylam really kind of flipped and have now gone full on um, kind of craft hazy style. Um, yeah, right. And they've really, uh, really shone in my view. Um, obviously, we know Yeasty Boys well over here and they're doing good things over there in uh, in the UK as well. Um, I was impressed by the amount of supermarket shelf space that the Yeasty Boys have managed to, to get in, in two of the biggest uh, supermarket chains in the country over there. Where um, are they brewing currently? Are they still at BrewDog or they got they got shafted, right? They were brewing out of Adnams for a while. I don't yeah, know right. if they're still there now or whether they're just kind of moving around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But like I say, um, some of the supermarkets had two or three of their of their beers on, on the shelves. Um, Gunner Matter was available in Waitrose, which I was quite impressed with. So do you reckon it's easier to get UC Boys in the UK than it is to get it I'd here say in Sydney? So. Yeah, just walk into your local Waitrose and pay £2 a can. If, or not even that, <laughs> £1.85. <laughs> Lee's not here, but he, he would be... Yeah. He'd be turning in his he grave. Might, he might move back. <laughs> That's why he's not here. He's on a flight now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Wylam, fantastic. Um, uh, other breweries um, still doing good things. Cloudwater, um great uh, a new a new one on me was uh, a brewery called pressure drop who are a london brewery okay. also very very good yeah you brought back some kernel from previous trips uh, what are they up to these interesting days? actually you, you mentioned kernel they've they've it's it's funny how some breweries kind of get stuck in a moment in time and kernel were instrumental in um kind of moving the the uk beer scene along when they came out with their kind of big style west coast almost hybrid style um ipas um, they were just such a breath of fresh air going back sort of six, seven years ago. Um, but they haven't really 
kicked on from there. They're still they're still producing those type of beers. Now, personally, I like that. I like to be able to say, okay, well, that's what I was drinking back then. I can yeah. still get it. I still yeah. like it. It's nice to still be able to get that. But because they're not at the front of this kind of haze craze scene, um, they've kind of dropped off a little bit in terms of popularity. But they're still there. Yeah. In a few years, they're, you know, Hazel bit dipped out down and other stuff will come up. Yeah. Like it's I don't know the... if it will. I think it's just going to be around, man. I think Hazel will always yeah. be around, but it yeah. won't always. I don't think it'll always be the only, like the the, the main thing on the front. Yeah. Like it's you know yeah. as as all these styles do, they they become really popular. Everyone loves them, and then they become part of the the, the whole tapestry, and something else comes to the forefront. And I mean, I'm sure it's not. Above. I'm sure it's not unusual to anywhere else in the world, but you know the the big hoppy stuff was so prominent everywhere. Mm. Mm. You know, I think the the stats are something like uh, at least sixty percent of all the beers. Um, being produced now are either IPAs or XPA style hoppy hoppy pale ales, um, and the traditional styles have really fallen off. It's down to now five percent of all um, craft beer output is the traditional kind of brown ale bitter style beers, yeah. which is yeah, right. which is really small. It's actually smaller yeah. than I expected it to be, and it's actually dropped off from something like fourteen percent two years ago. So it's it's really deteriorating rapidly. Yeah. So um, it, it seems like Camera have got a cause again now to actually start fighting for this this once again endangered traditional styles of beer. Um, but is there any younger generations like persevering with real ale or traditional English styles, or is it you just- know? There are there are stalwarts out there. You know, some of the some of the breweries that produce this type of stuff are still producing the other yeah, the right. other the other traditional styles as well. Um, they're kind of sticking with it. And interestingly, some of the breweries are actually doing both styles for the same recipes. So you you can sometimes walk into a pub and they'll have the same beer on hand pump as well as on draft. So you can actually compare them side by okay. side. I didn't actually do that because I prefer to go with the keg stuff for the for the big hoppy stuff, and I like to go for the the hand pumps on the. Malt yeah, yeah. The, the more trad styles or the or the yeah. porters or that sort of stuff. So, I think it's horses for courses, really. But um, yeah, it's interesting how some of them are digging their heels in and some have just abandoned it altogether. Um, but the thing that was remark- most remarkable to me this time was just the supermarkets. You know, whole aisles full of beer and craft beer at that. Um, just incredible selections. We're talking probably fifty, sixty lines in Tesco in, in wow. the in the big Tesco stores. And all of them coming in at around or under two pound a can. Yeah, wow. Um, just the selection just blew my mind. And I ended up spending a lot of money and struggling to get through the, everything I <laughs> purchased while I was over there because there was just so much to try. Um, and a lot of it was very good. Awesome. Not all of it was fresh. You had to kind of be a bit wary with, you know, l- looking, at, looking, at the bottom of the, yeah, looking yeah. at the bottom yeah, of the yeah. can. But you could find the fresh stuff among the, the not-so-fresh stuff. It wasn't refrigerated, unfortunately. It was all non-refrigerated. But the, the supermarkets are quite cold over there anyway. So yeah. That's what I really loved. I was there about 10 months ago, and, and I could go in there, and I could drink you know, a huge selection, different styles, great quality mm. and dirt cheap. But I look at it where a big thing with the real ale and why it's kind of like dropped off. It's always been this kind of older guy's drink and it was always had to be cheap because the guys who were drinking it yeah. had this threshold of how much they were willing to yeah. pay for it. And therefore, you know, it, it kind of got stuck where no one's going to promote something that they're not going to make any money off of it. Whereas with the, the guys who've gone keg and cask, they can promote that keg because they can actually sell it to a younger demographic who's got more de- more, more disposable income. And, you know, those guys are spending the money. Mm. But I wonder how much money... 
Yeasty Boys would be making at two pounds a can. Yeah, gypsy brewing and, it, you know, contract know, brewing it, or you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, yeah. You know, what's the margin on it? You, you know, yes, you might be in every single supermarket across England, but uh, you know, at ten pence a can. Fifteen yeah. pence a can. You know what? What are you? You know, are you actually making that much money? That's yeah. what I would worry about. Yeah, um, it's, it's funny that the, the price discrepancy is still there. Even like I say, where you've got these more pointy end breweries still producing the cask stuff, you are paying two pounds a pint less still for the cask condition stuff, which I still find a, a you know amazing really because yeah. of the, the effort and the you know the, the the throughput that you need to get through in order to. to to produce beer in that in that style, it is it is weird. But another thing I should mention is that the can is absolutely king over there. Um, the stat is that three quarters of all packaged beer in the UK is now canned. Jesus, and um, <laughs> wow. and there was a particular distributor, I forget the name, that said that once particular lines of beer switched from bottles a can, they noticed that their sales tripled, basically overnight, just by going into can. So the consumer loves the can, even when wow. it's got the same product inside of it. Yeah. I think we're, you know, we're seeing that on a much smaller scale in Australia. I think that's why everyone's going into cans, right? But um, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a big gap. Yeah, I think, you know, from a design point of view, the canvas that you have to play with is always better. Um, and I think we've talked about heaps of times about oh, why it's better for the beer yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ship it. So you know, you can ship more into a pallet and blah blah blah. But I think the struggle in Australia is. Um, all the, I think most of the breweries are on board. Like the breweries want to put stuff in cans. It's convincing the consumer that it's better. I, I think there is still a lot of pushback in Australia. I um, think that's happening less and less. I don't know. What it's do definitely, think? it's definitely yeah. changing. It's definitely heading the other way. I mean, you can you can see as more and more go into cans. You know, you can see feral hop hogs. You can see stone and woods mm. fixation just went into cans last week. You know, those, those are fantastic beers. And you know, yep. when you get the fantastic beers in the can, that's going to bring more people yep. to cans. The other thing that I'd like to highlight is how good cans are for muling. Yeah. You know, where yeah, Brad had a empty suitcase last time and he bring, brings home two beers. Now, <laughs> full, full, you know, stacks yeah. of beers for us to enjoy. So thanks for bringing that over. And you don't have to worry beautiful. about, you know, before I used to really worry about wrapping them up in big, thick jumpers or maybe even putting bubble yeah. wrap around the bottle oh, to yeah. try and get them back. Now you just shove them in the suitcase and you're gonna, they're, they're going to be fine. forgiving, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely much better and lighter. So what do you think of the beer then? I think it's beautiful. It's, it's um, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely lovely. So it's got um, uh, Nelson Savin, uh, Galaxy, Machueca, and Mutere. Is that how you say Mutere? Mutere. Interesting. I think it's a. Is it a French hop? Is it one of those new oh, world Europeans? Southern, it's Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, Kiwi. it's Kiwi. Yeah. Interesting. I love how they put the pellet types on there as well. So like you get a lot of information. T ninety. So yeah. that's like the the size of the pellet. Yeah. Oh, interesting! Which actually, yeah. affects some flavor stuff as well. But I've, I've never seen an Australian brewery put that put that on the can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, they're all Southern Hemisphere hops then, and that's, you know, why can they make a beer with those ingredients cheaper than we can, Yeah, you know? Tax, mate. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. It's like, you know, are they, um, why, how can they produce a beer you know, and put it into a supermarket for less than two pounds? Is it? Well, that's, that's, that's the effect of the supermarkets, really. They were really squeezing every penny, but you go into a pub, you're paying five pounds, six pounds a pint. And what's that convert to? Uh, so, so you're probably you're probably looking at yeah what's that eleven twelve dollars yeah it's uh it's ninety ninety pence now for no 
Why my, my arithmetic has gone <laughs> horribly, horribly wrong. It, so. so you're saying it's not too far off Australian prices. Where we're, we're looking at like $15, always, $15 ass- a, a yeah. pint. But you always assume that the UK is going to be cheaper, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is that this type of stuff just isn't because of the cost of the raw yeah. ingredients. Okay. Okay. Yes. However, when it comes to the supermarkets, they yeah. drive such a hard bargain mm-hmm. that in order to get any shelf space at all, you basically have to be... You drop your pants on yeah. the pricing, yeah. yeah. So again, on, on the shelves in UK supermarkets, we're really talking about 4.5% um, XPA styles, whereas yeah. you know this, this is a 7% double IPA full of mm. ingredients. Did it's... you get this off the shelf of a supermarket? No, no, not this one, but there were, there, were plen- there were plenty of double IPAs on the shelves in the, in the supermarkets as well. But a little bit more expensive. Yeah, maybe, two maybe £2.50. <laughs> £3. Some of them were £3. I'm, I'm going yeah. back. I'm going yeah. back again. <laughs> Um, you know, it was like it was. It's a very different uh, podcast than what we did six years ago. If you think about, it. we went very, you know, very much classic styles, yeah. styles at that time round. But you know, this is that's what it was. That's what yeah. the beer scene was back then. Yeah, it's completely changed. Mm. Completely changed, and all for the better, in my view. And then, do you think it's just like besides the supermarkets? Is there, you know, like just going in the pubs? Is there more more? independent or craft beer available yes. on taps versus yep so even the you know the the, the ghost towns that had nothing there before the, there's now pubs that either specialize in craft beer mm-hmm. or even you, you know your standard pub you probably find one or two ke- uh, key keg lines that, yeah. that will do you know maybe an entry-level session ipa or an xpa type beer mm-hmm. whereas there would have been absolutely nothing before just so full lagers and a, and there's, there's cars, still p- yeah. pubs that's kind of you know their their specialty is the cask stuff but yeah. More often than not, they'll have a keg option as well, whereas keg was a dirty word six years ago. So, yeah. yeah. Is cask a dirty word now? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> um, amongst some some sections of the craft beer, beer uh, the younger drinkers, sections then of the they won't, craft they won't beer go drinkers, near it. Yeah. They won't go near it. Yeah. Um, but then, cer- certainly if you're a publican, you don't want to go near it. I mean, I, I can't t- it ass. takes a lot yeah. of work. You make less money from it. And why, you get shitloads of wastage Why from would it? you well, do yeah. it? So, yeah. you know, a key keg is the, the perfect way to, to serve up tasty beer, mm-hmm. keeping it fresh all the time. You know, you clean the beer lines, but you don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Wasn't there... Um one of those brutal gimmicks recently, oh, a couple did, of years ago. They did that, have yeah. some sort of a cask version of a key keg they tried to launch. Yeah, like a cask in a key keg kind of yeah. deal. Um, um, and they actually had opened, like they were selling it to other people at a, quite a cheap price because they wanted yeah, it. Yeah, so it was like free to craft breweries, but if the big boys wanted it, they it had to pay for it or something, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, but, but that like I only heard about it. I don't. I didn't, I didn't hear anything after that. I saw the launch of it, but I don't know if anyone's actually used it. I think. I think I was asking you guys about it once. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've only like found one article about it. Yeah, so. is that Bridog's? Press yeah, that thing was yeah, Bridog's press release. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. you're always, whenever, like, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you had innovations that kept your cask beer fresh. You know, simple, you know, carbon dioxide pressure yeah. on top, blanket pressure on top, kept the beer fresher for longer, stopped it from spoiling, stopped you from serving up rubbish beer and putting people further off real ale. Yeah. But, of course, the campaign for real ale... You, you'd still describe them as beer extremists. You wouldn't want them. You know, they're going to stand there and they're saying, no, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Here's Brewdog. They've came along. Great idea. Yeah. Patented it. They'll give away the patent. But in the end of the day, if you're serving real ale, you want to be in the good beer guide. 
the good beer guide will not let you in if you're, you're task, serving yeah. your beer. You know, it has yeah. to be absolutely traditional method. So, you know, the, the dispense method is the, the key to being in that good beer guide. And that's still important for those real ale pubs. But, mm. you know, there's an awful lot of publicans <laughs> straight across Britain who don't give a toss about that. What camera have lost now is the quality argument, though. I mean, it always used to be keg was crap, and, and it always was universally crap. Yeah, it wasn't they, the keg that was crap, it was the liquid in the yeah, keg that was crap, yeah. right? Like, but yeah. now they, they, have, they don't have that argument anymore. Um, so there's there's a lot of people who have softened on that stance. And, but I feel like they did that to themselves, and, I'm, you know, this day and age, I hate to agree with Brewdog all the time, but you know, they got kicked out of, like, Canberra, like, run beer festivals because they their beers weren't real ales and stuff like that as well. They've done it to themselves a little bit. There well, was yeah, a time where, you know, breweries like Brewdog and other ones were feeling like I, great IPAs into cast and serving yeah, it on cast. That's how they started. Yeah. All of their stuff was yeah. cast conditioned to start with. Yep. Their bottle, their bottle stuff never was never bottled conditioned, but their yeah. their draft stuff was always served out of cast. I remember going to beer festivals and, and they were on the stillages alongside everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the big argument at the, the Great British Beer Festival, which is Cameron's kind of key London event, um, they used to have keg bars that had you know sierra nevada belgian beers and they were all allowed to come in and serve their kegs so of course brewdog wanted to serve their kegs and their casks but because brewdog had both keg and cask of the same beer Mm. they actually got banned from the festival Mm. and you know that's counterproductive isn't it well it's coming to roost it's been coming to roost for a while but i think it's more and more being being shown yeah it's a shame and i think as a non-british consumer like you know i love a lot of those classic styles and we saw how close we were to a lot of these belgium styles being coming like the you know lambics and and gerzes and literally were on their deathbed except for like international intervention of people liking the styles yeah yeah. you know i really worry that we're going to lose some great classic english beers because of it and I don't begrudge anyone in England who chooses to drink craft beers because it's scratching an itch and not getting but then yeah it's a shame it would be a real shame to see see that die out in some form or another I think what we're probably likely to see is the smaller producers stopping the cask condition stuff I can't see the likes of London Pride you know going anywhere um, it's it's got such a huge amount of outlets across the yeah. across the UK um, that won't be going anywhere for a while some of the venues might stop um, serving in that method of dispense, but I think there's a market there for the moment. But yeah, what we're probably going to lose is the is the smaller local breweries. They're going to stop doing it, and to be honest, the quality probably wasn't there nine times out of ten anyway. So, not a great loss. Do you think but, that was because of the beer they're producing, or just the fact that it wasn't moving in casks? There's a whole bunch of old beer. Bit of both. Bit of both. Um, yeah. Sometimes you'd go to um, beer festivals though, and they would have their stuff brewed specially for the beer festival, and it would just wouldn't be rubbish. Absolutely. Wouldn't yeah. be able to scratch. It would just be a boring, boring bitter that you know just wasn't yeah. wasn't anything exciting. So. Yeah, I think you know it's definitely something we've talked about. You see in Australia now is like there's so much choice for beer now that if mm. you're producing a mediocre product, you're not going to mm. last. Exactly. And there are breweries who've gone down, down the wayside, and they can't say all of them was because of quality, but then there's other ones who have, have actually have stepped up their game and. Are, but if you beer. end up with a bunch of high quality national cast condition brands and nothing else, then you're kind of in a similar situation to the Lambics. You know, mm. you've, you've got your big producers who are producing the the, yeah. the best quality stuff. Just because you haven't got fifteen hundred craft 
you know, blenderies yeah. producing lambics, it doesn't mean that the style is going to completely die out. No, but you do lose diversity. Yeah, intri- intri- you know, if, diversity, if it's just yeah. if it's just a handful of producers making similar beers, then you lose a lot of what makes the beer interesting. Is that you can you know you can try a broad variety of beer rather than just you know the same beer made by five different breweries. Yeah, true. I don't think it'll die out. I think I hope not. Yeah. everything no, goes I hope not. everything yeah. goes in cycles, and you know the, the hipsters all cotton onto it again, and. and It'll be the thing to drink again. Yeah, when these beers become too mainstream, all the yeah. alternatives will go back to cask again, right? You're, right. Just, you're just a hipster before your time, Willie. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, we'll take a quick break yeah. and we'll call the next beer. Sessionable. So, um, what are we drinking here, Brad? Um, this is uh, a brewery by the name of Little Earth Project, and they are from Suffolk in uh, England, on the east of England. Um I don't know too much about them. Uh, my friend uh, runs a, a craft beer bottle shop website called Optimism, and he put me onto them. Um, I asked him what what he had in that was good, and he said these guys are producing the best sour beers in the, in England at the moment. They specialise in kind of traditional Belgian styles, like uh, like this one, which is a Flanders red style. Um, yeah, I had one of one other beer of theirs while I was over there. It was very nice indeed. Um, but yeah, I don't know too much about them. But it, by all accounts, it sounded a lot like a kind of wildflower type setup, but the the UK equivalent of it. So mm. it's got a great name this beer. It's um, stupid, sexy Suffolk. So <laughs> blend two is what we're drinking. Yeah, um, as you said, it pours a very murky brown. Um, yeah, so it is. Um, yeah, it had to be anyone selling brewery filtration equipment in, in the UK at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that's some um, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's fermented with their own mixed culture and then blended together, aged in uh, fermented in barrels, red wine barrels aged together. Yeah, it's yeah. got a nice sharpness to it. It does. It's it's uh, it is really nice. It's um uh, really well blended. Everything comes together really well. It's a nice nice uh, like wood character, oak character coming through. Yeah. Um, feel like it makes me salivate so much. My mouth set tastes salty afterwards, and it's not salty from the beer. It's just like from <laughs> from <laughs> taste yeah. buds. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like you know there is a, a sharp ap- sharp acid thing, but it's just not like like drinking battery acid. It is quite well balanced. Mm. But yeah, it's really nice. I always like to see you know if you remember the the cherry Starburst lollies mm. that really make your mouth water. That's yeah. that's what I get from it. It's like it's got that sharp acidity. You're right. Go, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's lovely. Didn't see a lot of sours while I was out there. That's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's because they're geographically so close to like places like Belgium and stuff like that? that Quite they, possibly. They've got better access to that. So there's there's not the same need as there is in over here and yeah. in, in America. Yeah, you're probably quite right. It is just a very short hop. Did you see more? Like, did, was there good access to Belgian and other like so I sours? See, did, was, yeah. was it was it just there weren't many British sours, or there weren't many sours? I'm just trying to think because I, I I went to a few um, breweries. I went on the Bermondsey Beer Mile, so I went to the Cloudwater place. I went to the Brew by Numbers place. I went to another place called the Barrel Works or the mm-hmm. Barrel Room or something. Um, and that was London Beer Fields, and they had a, a few guests on as well. They had a, a French brewery in there as well. So those places weren't really... Uh, Cloudwater had a couple of fruity-type, almost yeah. virgin-on-sour beers, but not really sours. Uh, the main pub I went to um, had a couple of sours on. Uh, one was a Belgian sour, and the other may have even been an American. Um, so, yeah, just just not a lot of it. it just everybody just seems to want the hoppy stuff so yeah whereas i, I think um if we're contrasting with australia sour is one of the you know and i don't have any stats to back this up but it would be one of the fastest growing mm. sort of yeah 
segments of craft beer. Yeah. Think about every single brewery you've gone into recently. There's at least one kettle sour on or exactly at something. least one. Yeah, you could get it. I mean, Thornbridge do a, a raspberry Berliner Weiss, which yeah. is very much like another beloved raspberry Berliner Weiss that we know well. Um, uh, Adrian and I actually tried a lovely Thornbridge beer the other night. Um, do you remember what it was called? Um, yeah, it was called Days of Creation. Uh, shout out to Brad Rogers for giving us that bottle. Barrel-aged sour with raspberries, I believe it was. Um, not super sour, not as sour as this. No, it was a bit more, a bit more bready, funky. Yeah, but it was lovely. So I tend to think like part of the popularity of kettle sours in Australia is the climate as well. Do you feel Definitely. that? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, this is so. very much a winter sour, I guess you could say. Like, yeah. um, but. Do you think that's got part to do with it as well? With- I, I, I absolutely think it does. Yeah, I think the, the, as, as we've said many a time on the on the pod that um, yeah the, the climate over here really lends itself particularly to the the Berliner Weiss type yeah. uh, sour beers. There isn't that same need in the UK where you only get two two weeks of warm weather a yeah, year. So two um, weeks in the year you can shift some yeah. fruity sour kegs. Yeah, so it's more uh, more impy stout barley wine type weather over there most of the time. Yeah, so. whereas we've got kind of got the opposite. It's, yeah. you know, there's there's you know two weeks of the year where I can shift. Yeah, but it's nice to know that there are. There is some interest in that, you know, there's breweries starting to crop up that are uh, yeah. catering for those niche parts of the market. It's a really lo-fi label as well. It, it looks it's so um, oldie well uh, It looks like it's come out of someone's cellar. Yeah, like, well, yeah. I, I, I think Adrian in the fridge moved it somewhere. He's like, I, I thought that was someone's homebrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, it, you know, it works for me. I like the the, yeah. the label. I'd be keen to try more of their stuff actually, yeah. if if it was available over here. The other um, interesting trend is, and one that isn't, as far as I'm aware, um, married up over here, is um, they've started to be a bit of a proliferation of um, low or no alcohol beers over there. Okay, so you're actually seeing zero point five percent stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not just, you know, your Beck's zero. It's it's actually, you know, craft breweries are actually producing this stuff because there is now a market for this, you know. That's interesting. Cause I think that's something stuff. we will see here in the next yeah. couple of years. I think the, the market's there. I think breweries just need, fit, need to figure out ways they can produce beers yeah. hmm. of those ABVs they're happy with. But but um, Brewdog had one. They had a they had a, the, sour, a sour, 0.5% sour. Well, didn't they have the, the Nanny State, like, years ago? Yeah, but that was yeah. that was like hop tea, though. That was, that yeah, was right. Nanny State was almost a joke. It was it just was. A, a reaction. But they, the, they have brought yeah. out low-alcohol punk. So, so you know, they, they, they're yes. out there. They're, they're yeah. doing that. One of the interesting things is... What's more it, punk than, you know... <laughs> straight edge, man. Straight edge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, I just they're a bit of a parody of themselves at this point. Yeah. But. N- n- never mind still, the bollocks, I believe. Yeah. Is, uh, still is market the term. leaders and yeah. like, yeah. Oh, no, oh, sure. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Very, very successful. But, you know, th- there is an element of people in Scotland who are genuinely not drinking alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, for a Scottish person, you know, who's What's pushing, f- who's yeah, pushing yeah. 50, that is, is quite a shock. Over in Scotland, they've just changed... The uh, the driving legal limit point mm. zero two. Oh wow! Which you know that that means you're really going to struggle yep. to to you know you you drink you know you beer and pint pints and, you're and you know if you, if you're having a a regular strength three point six beer, yeah. you know you're going to be in trouble. But well, there's, there but there's some, light there's, there's been... light beers there's zero alcohol beers. I'd say this Brewdog one was like a a, a fruity sour, so raspberry, cher- one, right? cherry and oh, raspberry cherry, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's not just your drivers, but one of my friends, um, his wife is pregnant at the moment, yeah. and she was drinking the, yeah. the, the, you know, the zero alcohol beer and, and, and loving it because she likes a, a good flavored beer as well. So why, why not? Why, why not? not have yeah, this yeah. stuff? There's got to be a market for it. I think you know, in the recent weeks, there's been some changes. And I think it's the New South Wales thing with the with drink driving, and it's like instant loss of license. And I don't know if you've noticed, Tom, but I've noticed a lot of customers behind the bar are like asking. How more strong. questions about yeah. ABVs yeah. and standard yep. drinks because people are concerned. And so, is it a change in law though, or is it just now being publicised a bit more? Because I always thought that you always did get your license revoked, not instantly. It wasn't until no? yeah. you went to okay. court that you could that you would actually lose right. your license. Okay. So yeah, now it's minimum three months or something, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, look, I think there's questions already being asked, and I think there will be something like that in Australia. We're seeing demand for more more and more lower alcohol beers and yeah we've got a couple on tap of the brewery that are actually selling extremely well because we noticed that there was a big gap in our abvs mm. and the only low alcohol beers we had were sours and not everyone Likes wants to sour. drink a sour yeah, yeah. it's interesting where there's a, a big movement um towards craft soft drinks so like see kombucha yeah. is absolutely booming yep. kombucha's got a little bit of alcohol in it if, if mm-hmm. you're yeah. wanting zero tolerance yeah. you, you might want to be a little bit careful when you're drinking kombucha that um you know say for a little brewery in Venner west that's only allowed to serve its own produce yeah. well you know that that should be something that you should be looking at you know yeah we've actually started experimenting with um some serving some um some uh, sparkling sodas <laughs> over the brewery for yeah. that exact reason because even stocking a soft drink is in breach of our license it's crazy so we it? have to make it on site and so we've actually been you know, we have a lot of fruit that we play with making fruited sours, yeah. so we're actually playing around and testing uh, non-alcoholic versions of the yeah, about like Passion Magic Dragon and oh, there you go. Then it's already happening over here. So yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking to like install a sparkling water tap and we'll be serving. So them what would the, the what would be the duty laws on that then? Would you be paying the same sort of duty on those zero alcohol? No, you're stuff? not paying any duty. The issue for us is what yeah. we're working through now is the food safety aspect of it because. You know, we're dealing with sh- like sugar cordials and these types of things, and you know, in an environment where there's a bunch of yeast and that's not so. Yeah, it's just like, it's a it's a food safety thing. So that's why we've done some experiments, and it's something we're looking towards. But we've got to go through the due diligence of doing yeah. it properly. So, and, but they'd be marketed as soft drinks as opposed to zero alcohol beers. Well, they wouldn't be beers, what we're right? making as part like fruit sodas. Yeah. So yeah, different. But um, but we have had discussions about non and low I think alcohol you'll, you'll beers. See, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, we've already seen. I think um, mid strengths have. Uh, flavorful mint strengths. Flavorful mint, yeah. good mint strengths yeah. are doing are doing really well. Um, uh, and you see that question, like if you're ever on CBC or you know mm-hmm. any of the Facebook groups, you see that question pop up a lot. Like what what is good that is you know below four percent, like around that three and a half mark that's got a lot of flavor. And there's you know there, there's a there's a bunch of options now. There's so many options. Um, and there's some really really tasty beers. Like I, I you know I've recommended in the past the Capital Summit Session XBA. I mm-hmm. think that's a super tasty beer regardless of its ABV, but it's three three and a half percent. Yeah. But there's a big difference between three and a half percent and zero and, and zero point zero point two. Yeah. We, we're, we're talking about Britain. Three and a half percent had yeah. tasty beer. You know there are plenty yeah. of British in Australia, tasty beers. Whereas was, in Australia that just doesn't. You know. Exist um, at all. But but I think already we're seeing you know consumers be okay with 
stepping down. I think Australia is used to fairly, you know, stronger beers as, as standard alcohol. Like, no, really, you know, four and a half percent, five percent, like five percent. But still, these days, a beer over six percent, people go like, Woo! oh, no, sure, like, but yeah. but five percent as opposed to in the UK, five percent is a strong ale exactly. in the UK. So so whereas you know so coming coming down, we're already coming down to three and a half, and we're seeing that sort of thing. I, I don't think it's it's a stretch to to again do those. And, and I, I've I've had actually in the last couple of weeks, uh, months, more customers ask, "Do you have you yeah. know alcohol free beer?" And I'm like, I don't because there's at the moment there's no real good options unless I want to get in like Polana or something. Um, yeah. And at which point, you'd rather you know, yeah, if someone could do it locally, it will happen. I think yeah, there's there's a couple of ways to make it, and it's easier as a mega brewery to make yeah. make it than the small scale brewery. But I think. If the demand's there, people will find ways, ways to do, to do it. it. Yeah. yeah, and if and you know if craft breweries are already doing it over in the UK, it's you know it should be possible for you know similar size if breweries. We, to do if it. we had a method that we were super happy with, and we we've had discussions, we haven't started playing yeah. with it, but it's it's definitely on the cards that we would like to do it. And but certainly, uh, Brewdog, you know, if they open up in Brisbane, you know, we might see their yeah. uh, their alcohol free beer, which I just remembered was called Punk AF. That's it. Yes, you're right. That was one of the marketing Clever. things that Clever. they got. Uh, uh, oh, they was, got in trouble for. Yeah. Well, no, it was implied Dave. that that was stolen from from a job interview or another marketing yeah. company's pitch. It's a very good them, name yeah. for that. Beer. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Brewdog. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we crack this last beer open and get into recommendations? All right. All right let's do it. Sessionable. All right, we're back, and we have another beer in front of us. So, another one that you've brought, Brad, so tell us all about it. Yeah, another freshly mulled. I think this was probably canned within the last three weeks. It's uh, fucking pretty green on the nose, isn't it? It's yeah. It's yeah. green there, it and it's it smells like beautiful. literally smells like opening up a bag of like bag of hops. So, this was purchased from the source. I say from the source. They've got an outlet on the Bermondsey Beer Mile now. They don't actually brew anything there, but it's just a, a, pl- a place for them to, to sell their wares. Uh, double IPA called Tasty Like Nelson. Um, brewed, uh, uh, sorry, created for the Mikola Beer Celebration Copenhagen two, two, 2019. Mm. Um, yeah, essentially it is all Nelson all the time. Uh, <laughs> yep. Aroma and flavour, powerful notes of fresh pine take the lead, followed by gooseberry, tangerine and lime juice. Wow. It's just a celebration of Nelson and that's a party I want to be at. <laughs> So I think we'll talk about it off mic, but both of your the hazy beers you brought back are all AU and NZ hops. Is that a, a theme you saw a lot over there? Because it's uh, not it's not necessarily I've seen in the states. I've been seeing a lot of the same. Yeah, thing. I mean, or it just happens. What was it a seasonal thing? Possibly, it could have been a seasonal thing. I think it Maybe was just yeah. the 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 breweries that I was getting this sort of stuff from are are at the forefront, so they're probably yeah. better able to get hold of the the more sought after hops. And I just naturally gravitate towards this stuff because I know I like it. So, I, yeah, I probably should have brought back a better reflection of what was out there. There was no, no, no. there was lots of Equinot. There was lots of Simcoe. Yeah. Um, you know, there was there was lots of um, of those kind of in vogue US hops yeah. around as well. But, uh, yeah, like I say, I just – I see this stuff and I naturally yeah. naturally veer towards, towards it. So, so but Willie makes a good point, though, because, like – I'm not sure what the timeline for getting hops over there is, but it would be about, about right around yeah, now. About the time yeah. first, so, so, so the guys from Cloudwater were across. If you if you remember, they yeah. had uh, the tap takeover at a, a bit of few, and they they were across at the Happy 
festival and uh, garage project, mm-hmm. and they were across to buy hops. Yeah. That that was what the yeah. the mission was. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to do the math, but you know this, you know. Maybe within the last fortnight, yeah. it would have been put in that can then, because you know that's there's not yeah, much yeah. time between that when they were here mm, buying yeah. the hops to when they've actually produced that beer. So this was actually the fruits of the labor percent, released around possibly. the same time as um, their taste like Citra as well. So they did they did a Citra, season, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, focused one as well, and unfortunately that one didn't make it back, guys. I, I, that, <laughs> that one got all drunk, I'm afraid. <laughs> Ooh, letting us down, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, on that note, should we um, start uh, our recommendations? I just want to say this is a very tasty beer, but it is—it is a beautiful. <laughs> beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I think we all unanimously uh, recommend this beer. Right? Does anyone else share my utter love for Nelson Sauvignon? Yeah, same. I th- I it do is it. my favourite hop. I think it would be one question. of mine. Yeah. I don't know if I have a favourite hop, but I'm thoroughly Nelson's enjoying this beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's almost <laughs> like, and I don't mean to like disrespect the beer, but you, have you ever done like like orange juice and lemonade? Uh, it's like yes, I've done orange juice and lemonade. Yes. <laughs> That's what this beer reminds me. Of. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just shut up there. The, the, you guys. <laughs> yeah. the utter contempt in your voice, dripping. I well, I think we know, know what... that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just look, what recommendations is it? Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who wants to start? What are you doing, non beer or beer? Um, let's go beer first. Yeah. yeah. I'll start because right. I'm going to recommend an, an English beer. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go back to my, my favourite brewery at the moment, Wylam. Um, there was a beer that I had that was, I believe, better than anything else I had while I was over there. Uh, Wylam collaboration with Other Half Brewing um, from, yep, from New, York, New York. And the beer was called um, Is There Music in Your Dreams? It was an 8% Imperial Hazy IPA. And in my view, it was probably Nipah perfection. I, wow. I couldn't see it getting much better than that. So, um, two beers, two breweries that make yeah, yeah, some pretty good really New England IPAs. Yeah, um, I had it on draft, and then my mate had a can of it, um, and I could not persuade him to part with it and let me bring it home. Unfortunately, <laughs> I tried, guys. I tried. <laughs> Thank you for your efforts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna recommend a beer that I had at Gabs. I hope you're not gonna steal my recommendation. That's oh, why you got to get in first. It time. might be the same, man. Yeah. It might be the same. Um, so it was the first beer I had at Gabs. It I was. Think it is. I think you're about. Oh to say. no, no. Actually, it was the second beer I had at Gabs because the first beer I had at Gabs was the Pickleback Sour from Other Side. But my recommendation is the Double Dry Hop yes. Super Dry IPA from Fast Other Side. <laughs> um, which Other Side, Other yeah. Side from Yeah. From uh, so it's a brewed IPA, but it's double dry hop this fuck like you would a uh, New England IPA and it was pretty fucking tasty. Yeah. It was like it had that aroma of a New England IPA but just finished off really dry. What's the go with other side? I feel like they've come out of nowhere and they're firing on all cylinders. Their beer is fantastic. Yeah. Um, they're really doing good stuff. I think their story is they were originally um, uh, just like uh, contract brewing, gypsy brewing to do beer for Music festivals. I think they yeah. the, the 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 company that owns them runs yeah. a bunch of music festivals over in WA, and they were making beer just for those festivals. And then um, they got a really good brewer, and then they realised well, we're making really good beer. Let's just make let's more focus on that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and yeah, so 
Um, I think the brewery grew out of that. I don't know how much he actually has to do with the brewing side of things, but uh, Steve Finney, who used to be the, the national yep. sales He's manager come on board. of Farrell, yeah. is, is on board with him. And, and well, Farrell and uh, Gage Rhodes. And Gage Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so That's I, a pretty good I indication. I suspect he's got yeah. something to do with them getting across here yeah. and, and yeah. keeping that quality as well. Um, and awesome. their, their um, Sydney rep, uh, who, who I think they're East Coast rep, who's also Melbourne, I think he's Melbourne based, Chase, is uh, an absolute champion, um, certified Cicerone, um, and knows what he's talking about, and he's one of the best in the biz, I reckon. Nice um, one. Sh- shout out to Chase. I'm going to recommend a beer that I can't remember the name of, but it was good. But um, I was at the. Just the day before, was it the week before Gabs? They had yeah. the Forest Lodge in the West yep. versus North Shore, and Akasha was pouring a lovely black IPA. Blacksmith. 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 That's the one. Um, <laughs> that was going to be my second recommendation. Yeah. After <laughs> <laughs> Snoozy so Lewis, Thomas. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to try this. I've, that was yeah, a really, really cracking good. beer. Um, I think it won the top vote for the for the night as well, okay. if I remember I correctly. wouldn't be surprised. And uh, it was uh, great. I love great me black a good IPA. black IPA. I might yeah. have to see if Camper Down sellers have still got some in stock. Uh, maybe Akasha might have some on tap. Yeah. Maybe. If they do, let me know. I'll come down with you. <laughs> it's great to see that coming back as a style. It just seems that yeah. everyone's yes. suddenly releasing black IPAs again. I yeah, it's it. now it's now not cool again, but acceptable again to to brew a black IPA. Yeah, they, really, they really did fall out of favour, didn't they, for yeah. a few years? It's strange. That means that rye IPAs are coming back as well. <laughs> yeah. And red, red rye IPAs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Doug, okay. Doug, yeah. Well, it's the, not that deep. Bucket, like it's, yeah. it's not bottom of the bag. It, it is a it is a it is a beer I really enjoy, and um, I think it might come as a surprise to uh, you know long time listeners that I'm going to recommend a sweet uh, junk stout. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed is that the, your backup emergency list was uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> the the wayward coffee donuts. Um, oh, which controversial. Had a, had a controversial run. I I'm I'm specifically recommending the second batch they did, um, which did not. Come into contact with their house lactobacillus strain. There was three batches, if I re- if I remember correctly, and they. I believe the first one was the only one that was affected, though. Um, yeah, I, I, didn't I, they I, do a, a Kavike East quick run for Sydney? That, um, were, that they were pouring on tap at their stand in Sydney. I believe they did. Um, I did not know that. No, I, didn't know I, that yeah. I know that that's what they did with Charmer before they released Charmer. They did a Kavike. Version. That might have been the one I had on Sunday then at the yeah. brewery because they've got it on tap at the brewery still at the moment. So that I'm might pretty sure batch. that they did three batches and okay. the last batch was what they rushed out for Sydney and they did that by using a Kavike okay. um, in a 48 hour Anyway, the, the yeah. one I'm recommending specifically is one I had at Gab's. Yep. Um, on their stand or on their the container stand? stand? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I uh, really enjoyed. Um, and again, because it, it, it just hits all the right notes for me. It's, um, you know, uh, milked out with coffee and raspberry and, and donuts. And donuts. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. It's yeah, uh, lovely. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That's my recommendation. My uh, recommendation, I might... uh, The the non-beer, I'm certainly not going to recommend uh, Sydney's Vivid uh, Festival, (laughs) but I I happened to uh, stumble down there yesterday... Uh, I was in the uh, the Hearts Pub in the Rocks and Maid obviously had a little bit of a uh, a British beer um, tap takeover. So seeing that we're on the fi- the theme, fitting theme, yeah. Um, Brick Lane from down in Melbourne yeah. had a really nice uh, English bitter. So before that style dies out, the uh, Brick Lane Last Call Brexit Ale, Ooh. get some of that into. You. <laughs> 
We almost went the whole because we were talking about Brexit. <laughs> I can see the uh, the pump clip now with Farage on there. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, it was a tasty beer. Let's uh, keep, keep politics out of it. Keg beer, was it, Willie? <laughs> and yes, it, it, it was keg. Yes, it, yes, indeed. All right, Brad, you got a non beer? I've forgotten it. Come back to me. I've forgotten it. All right, Adrian. So, have you guys been to Cairo? The the restaurant, not the not the oh, okay. not the capital of <laughs> not, not the capital of Egypt. Um, I got a this- sore back. I'm good right now. <laughs> uh, there's, there's this place in Newtown called Cairo, and they do um, basically Egyptian street food. And I went there one time after going to PNV and just brought a takeaway bottle of wine because they do BYO. And yeah, cracked open a bottle of um, tasty natural red and ate some Egyptian street food. Very nice. It was, yeah, delicious. So. Check out Cairo in Newtown. I've been there a couple of times and I thoroughly recommend it. It's uh, very tasty. Nice. I remember mine now. Um, this will be the last I prattle on about England, I promise. So my, <laughs> my non-beer recommendation, and I've not, not brought this up yet, but um, I went uh, and watched the Champions League final Boo. at Tottenham Hotspur's Boo. brand new yeah. stadium. So they had it projected on the big screens in the stadium. I was going to ask about that. Amazing yeah. festival atmosphere. Um, I actually delayed my flight by a day in order to be able to watch it because, in my infinite wisdom, I'd booked a flight for the day of the final. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, not thinking I'd have anything to do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, to escape it, yeah. I was able to change my flight, um, and yeah, obviously the result wasn't right. But you know, the the day was fantastic. The stadium is just a work of art, and I would. Um, Did you visit? Is the brewery up and running in the stadium? Yep. So yeah. Beavertown Brewery. Um, there are two big Beavertown bars along the the goal line of the South Stand. They've got a bar that basically runs the entire length of the goal line um, down oh, one wow. one side. Yeah. yeah, it's the longest bar mm. in Europe, right? Yeah. And then That's... at either end, it's just Beavertown beers being being uh, sold, and they've got Gamma Ray and Neck Oil on tap for about four pound a pint right. inside a stadium, yeah. right? Brewed fifty meters away, um, underneath the underneath yeah. the stand, just incredible. And then they got some cans as well. But um, yeah, fresh as anything, <coughs> crazily good price um, for for beer inside a stadium. And just like I say, it's a cathedral of football. We were we were at the top of that great big shelf stand, the single tier shelf stand, and just seeing the sea of people. Um, it Is was, it still called White Hart Lane? No, um, no, it's currently called the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium until they give away the naming rights to some multinational who's willing to pay the asking price. So your recommendation is to go watch it, go to something at the, at the stadium. Yeah, yeah. So they, it's not just going to be football. They're going to have NFL games there as well. Um, esports is going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. lots of uh, concerts and stuff are, are, are slated to be there as well. Mm. It's just a fantastic venue. So yeah, you don't have to love Spurs like I do in order to to go yeah. there and check it out. Awesome. Um, I am going to recommend a TV show I watched recently, which is Chernobyl. Has anyone oh, seen Chernobyl yet? yet? I've been wanting to. Oh, um, so. Spoilers, it's about a nuclear disaster in Chernobyl. Wait, I have not that far. <laughs> Damn it, Liam. But, um, it's like five episodes that are like around an hour. Some yeah. of them are a bit longer. But um, yeah, it's brutal but amazing. And I smashed it out in like two days. Nice. I think that's my plan tomorrow. And uh, just you're going to be in a weird mood for about a week afterwards. It's, it's bloody hectic. But... Um. Yeah, I think it's currently being rated as one of the best television series of all nice. time. Um, 
That's five, I saw a few things have, on yeah. Facebook where someone was asking if there's going to be a sequel. Uh, the reply was, I bloody hope not. <laughs> I've heard the sequel is about radioactive sh- sheep in Wales. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, really, really awesome um, series. Uh, you know, it covers you know everything from the start of it to the court cases afterwards, and the whole yeah, thing well, is equally awesome. riveting. And um, yeah, if you ever get a chance, look up. There's some like you can see some side by side things of photos of the actors and the real life people they were playing and um yeah it's pretty insane but yeah hey liam why shouldn't you buy ukrainian underwear why chernobyl fallout (laughs) (laughs) i love that joke i love it it. that's one of my favorite jokes um just on that there's a i haven't uh, watched or listened to this but there is a companion podcast to chernobyl you mentioned um, this and i need to go yeah by the uh the screenwriter um who has who's also has a long running screenwriting podcast called script notes that I am an avid listen to listener to. So I'll, I'll be wanting to watch Chernobyl. That's the, I think that's my plan tomorrow is to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Um, my non beer recommendation is a book. Um, it is, uh, I read it, um, recently on a plane and I opened it and I closed, like I, I started it and I finished it on the one plane trip because it was, I just could not put it down. It was riveting. Um, uh, it's called The Calculating Stars, um, uh, and I've just forgotten the author's name, uh, but it is the first book in um, a series called the Lady Astronaut series. Um, it's set in like a alternate history um, United States in the 50s um, where basically a big disaster happens and they decide that the Earth's no longer like savable, so they need to send people to space. Um, but it's the same technology as in our 50s, and so they're sort of working on that and getting people into space. Um, and it's it's just really, really well written. It's by Mary Robinette uh, Kowal, and, yeah, it's just uh, I could not put it down. It was amazing. My recommendation, um, it's not strictly beer, but uh, it's me, the pub that's next door to me called the uh, Iron Duke, and I don't know yeah. how much uh, you know media it's getting within the craft beer community because it's now got 10 rotating craft beer taps and they're always nice and fresh and uh, you know, nothing too extreme is always like you know sour a couple of hazy IPAs in there just now that's that's what the trend is but uh, you know really good beer really good guys running yeah. it as well nice so Iron Duke used to be known as a bit of a live music venue it, it, it was I uh, yeah. I once stumbled in there just to buy a bottle of wine um, at being next door and uh, Chopper Reed was uh, playing the real Chopper Reed was doing his uh, stand-up com- comedy wow. show so not the knockoff one and, like the and legit not the knockoff one, one <laughs> the, the legit one and I just like kind of like you know oh, yeah. bang bang open the door walk up to the bar and like Chopper Reed is sitting there looking at me buying this <laughs> bottle of takeaway wine and I'm Oh, that's the real. Oh no! <laughs> run, run! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, on that note, so great craft beer, you might run into Chopper Reed. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Two wins. <laughs> on that note, um, that is it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. If you'd like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Sorry, and uh, yeah, iTunes is dead. Did you? Yeah. They like. I, 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 I heard that. Yeah. They're like. They're like. I yeah, it's gone. There's they, no such thing. They're, they're, yeah, it's dead. I mean, is it dead now or are they killing it? I think they're killing it. They're it's, killing it. Yeah, it yeah. will yeah. be so killed. It's dying. Yeah. yeah, it's dying. It's on its deathbed. Yeah, 
Um, say your say your goodbyes now Rates to iTunes. <laughs> Rate us quickly before it dies. <laughs> Rate us before iTunes goes away. Let's get the last ever rating on iTunes. Um, Our first rating on iTunes. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, if you would like to contact us, all our contact details are on uh, sessionable.net. Um, I guess that's about it. Thanks. Awesome. Okay. Thank thanks. you. And thanks, yes. Willie, for, for joining us, mate. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>